0: A very special podcast today. We have Nate and Reese from Hire car, and we'll be talking everything about renting and leasing, also some delivery tips and tricks. Welcome to the podcast, Nate and Reese.
1: Hey guys, uh, I'm Reese. I am the uh, director of marketing at Hire car. And a uh, fun fact is I was actually born on Christmas. That's awesome to share the same birthday
2: as Jesus.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's great. Two gifts. So.
2: <laughs> uh hey guys my name is nate ryan i'm the vp of marketing uh here at hire car um a couple fun facts i also have a holiday birthday it's actually a requirement for the marketing team you have to have a holiday birthday <laughs> uh, i was born on fourth of july and um uh, another fun fact i was actually the first person to join hire car outside of the two co-founders whoa yeah so i I, I was working with uh, with the two co-founders out of a Starbucks for, for about six or eight
0: months. <laughs> that this is business. awesome. Cool. So where can our users find more information about HireCar? Just go to HireCar.com.
2: Uh, everything will be there. Uh, we also have a podcast, Mobility Revolution.
0: Check that out. Um, there's a lot of great information there as well. Links in the description below. Awesome. Awesome. And of course, we have Brandon up
3: there in Red Wings, Jersey. Red Wings. I'm from Detroit. So born, not raised, but born. I was going to say you might be confusing some Gridwisers
0: because everyone thinks you're in Chicago.
3: I am in Chicago, but born, born in Detroit.
0: OK, so Nate, Reese, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. Could you tell us a little more about Higher Car?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So Hire Car is a car sharing platform specifically for rideshare, food, grocery, and package delivery drivers. So gig workers essentially can visit the marketplace to rent a privately or commercially owned vehicle in their area so that they can begin working with any gig service, uh like Uber Lyft, Postmates, Instacart, uh, Amazon Flex, etc. It's uh a dual-sided platform, so meaning that car owners. Uh, fleet and car dealerships can also list their idle or depreciating vehicles, if you will, and rent them out to drivers on our platform as a means to create uh, you know, additional income streams.
0: That is so awesome. And I'm sure a lot of our gridwisers out there who are curious or on the cusp of, of exploring rental services themselves, what's the biggest benefit to renting a car from hire car versus using your own?
1: Yeah, so essentially, um, you know, uh, a huge benefit of renting with Hirecar is the flexibility. Um, You know, we only require a two-day minimum. Drivers can get started for as little as two days. They can drive for as long as they like to. They can extend their rental daily. Um, You know, they're eligible to receive, uh, you know, any bonus, um, you know, through the rideshare gig services, as opposed to some of the other rental solutions offered. Uh, by other, you know, businesses like Uber and Lyft, where they may not be eligible to receive those incentives. Um, our platform is also agnostic, meaning that drivers can drive for any gig
0: service, and they're not actually bound into one at a time. That's that's like so cool. That's like the coolest part, Brandon. I think is the fact that you're not bound to one specific. Yeah. platform.
3: Form. Yep. Yeah. I mean, like we've been kind of saying. Uh, it's just like every like drivers are on multiple platforms. We were talking to a driver earlier today. He uh, he was on Uber, but he also did Uber Eats. He was doing Lyft, looking into um, getting on board with with Grubhub. Would have already been on board with Grubhub if they had not so many drivers already. But then, you know, he's looking at Postmates. I might have convinced him to do Instacart. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so everyone is everyone is doing everything now. So it's like. It doesn't make a lot of sense for drivers to lock themselves into, oh, I have to drive for Lyft or I have to drive for Uber when you have, what you really have to do is drive for the service that makes you the most money, so. We
0: always talk about not putting all your eggs in one basket and this is like a prime example of not doing that. And I think uh, drivers who do diversify their income streams are making the most money. I, I think we have data to back that, Brandon.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I don't have it on hand. So uh, thanks for putting me yeah, on the yeah. spot there. But, uh <laughs> but we, I mean, we do, we definitely do understand. I mean, drivers that drive for multiple services, it's, it's a no brainer. Like they're, they're, they're making more. So, um I mean, that's, that's, that's really interesting for, to hear you guys, you know, uh, obviously you guys have that ability. What is also um, really interesting, I think is the fact that, okay, you have like this kind of like two day minimum, right? So it sounds like, if I'm just trying to test the waters a little bit, uh, just kind of understand, hey, do I want to do this? Hire car could be a pretty good option then.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's a prime example of someone who would benefit from using Hire car, mm. as well as someone who may have a car in the shop temporarily and you know, uh, ride sharing or, or food and grocery delivery is their primary source of income. You know, They need a vehicle to continue you know, earning so we can provide them with that solution short term so they can get back on the road.
2: Yeah, and there's actually to add to that, there's a really, um, there's a big demographic that uh, also does ride sharing or delivery part time. Uh, So maybe they do have a job during the week and on the weekends, they want to drive for, I don't know, uh, all day Saturday and Sunday. uh, And they rent the car for two days over the weekend, take it back and then they commute, uh, commute back to their jobs during the week. Mm, that gotcha.
0: sounds like an awesome
3: use case. Yeah, and that's I'm- like something that I would do because like I don't have I live, yeah. I live in Chicago. I don't ha- I don't have a car because I don't need a car. So uh, if I wanted to all of a sudden do rideshare, it's like okay, what would I do? Like, am I going to commit to kind of like a long term, um, at least like a month or so? I think with a lot of other services of trying to do rideshare, or am I just going to like rent the car for a couple of days see if I want to do it? Uh, so that's I never thought about that. That's good.
2: Right. Yeah. Majority of the services we see out there are um, roughly around like a week minimum. So having that flexibility to do, you know, two days up to five days, six days um,
3: is really uh, beneficial to a lot of people who are out there on the road. Right. Yeah, I definitely can see that. I think so. I think what, you know, most drivers think about when they think about, uh, you know, these rental companies is, is the, the rent versus buy question, right? Does it make sense for me to rent from a, from a higher car, a Hertz or whoever, or should I just go ahead and just buy my own car or lease my own car, or whatever that, that, that may be? What, what did you, you guys' thought process there? Obviously you've built your business on that, so how, how do you guys think about that?
1: yeah so i mean it it totally depends on the the driver situation in -hmm. a sense like it's for example you know um we're enabling drivers who you know don't have a car at all or maybe their car doesn't qualify their car might be in the shop temporarily or they simply just don't want to use their own vehicle to put mileage on it so we're, we're giving them an opportunity to get behind the wheel of a car within you know 24 to 48 hours so they can get back on the road um we also you know work with uh, some you know car dealerships on the platform who in some cases offer rent to own programs through the dealership, mm. meaning that the driver can actually rent a vehicle uh, from the dealer and earn cash in the gig economy and save enough to put uh, you know, some money down towards a down payment on the vehicle.
3: Gotcha. And uh, you guys also, I mean a huge piece of expenses for vehicle expenses for rideshare and delivery drivers. Um especially ride drivers is is that maintenance piece, right? Mm-hmm. which which I mean, I, I would assume with higher car you, they, you don't have to pay.
2: Right. So when renting with higher car, typically the owner covers the cost of the maintenance on the vehicle. Uh, and that's why it's so so great that um, dealerships are are really taking the opportunity to work with gig economy workers because they have the infrastructure. Um, and resources needed to do um, a lot of the maintenance and servicing uh, in-house and, and at a cheaper cost than, than mm. somebody else would. And we worked out partnerships with like Jiffy Lube and things like that, um, that help sort of decrease that, that cost for the, for the owner. Um, but really, uh, a rideshare driver drives, I believe the statistic is like six times the amount of miles compared to, to an average person which mm-hmm. means you're looking at oil changes pretty much almost monthly. Uh, mm-hmm. You're going through tires faster. Um, and so at the end of the day, you're, you're probably saving close to, to a couple thousand dollars in, in all-out maintenance. And also, if you have an older car, it's going to require a little bit more servicing and, and
0: things like that. That's super interesting because it's not just – I wouldn't imagine it's just like six times more normal driving. I mean, ride share is usually in the city, so you're looking at yeah. stopping and starting and stopping mm-hmm. and starting. All that wear and tear, brake yeah. dust collecting in your <laughs> rims, and like just so much collective damage to your car. Not to mention all the passengers slamming your door shut left <laughs> and right.
2: Exactly. All the car washes you have to get to keep the keep the car looking good. That's like
3: that's like Gridwise Jay's uh his like, biggest his pet peeve. Biggest pet peeve. Actually, Horror you also peeve. hate when people like slide across. In is the that weird your seat that's weird but, i'm do you excited across the back seat
0: yeah yeah so i i dislike it when someone gets in the vehicle if there's multiple people that are getting in and then they slide across to make room for the other person because i have this like what happens is they get their shoes all over <laughs> the back of your your seats right and they scuff and everything up and it's just horrible it's a horror because i don't drive like an suv so there's not room to just you know Walk around. You have to bend all weird kinds of ways. Do you have signs up in the car? Pick up I your don't. feet when you. Scoot. Yeah. <laughs> I just yeah, I, I honestly, it got problem. to the point. My remedy was doors always locked. I roll the windows down. And I give them instructions. Can you please walk around to the other side of the car? Open the door because it makes total sense. But nobody, do, nobody does it. I don't even do it. I complained about it. I've taken Ubers before. <laughs> I've done the same thing. I've scooted across the back. It's just easy to
3: get along. in on the side. It's it's easy to get in on like the side that you're that you come come to. It I don't. So I actually don't. Do nobody that. thinks I, about it. I always walk walk across to like bless
0: you, dude, because that's what you got to think.
3: The passenger side, because I, I yeah, I, it's weird to sit behind the driver, isn't it? Like,
0: well, I mean, kind of. It? It's weird like, to me. I think. I think so. <laughs> Kind of. I, I don't care what, what anyone says, but like, I think I
3: think I guess. You. I guess it would be
0: weird, like you're sitting behind them all, because then, because then the driver can't see you, because you're looking in the rearview mirror, and you can't see anything. Uh, but let us know yeah. in the comment section, Gridwisers. if what side of the <laughs> seat do you prefer your passengers and your pet peeves. Right. So, yeah, super cool that we talked about saving all that maintenance, and I think you brought up another cool, interesting fact, is that you're partnering with car dealerships. Now this blew my mind because i bought a certified pre-owned vehicle myself and i understood immediately when i paid almost damn near full price uh, <laughs> that that the car dealerships they do this they, they they have loaner vehicles and leased out vehicles they lease primarily to just make more money because what they do is the leasee is that, is that the right word it pays for all of the depreciation and that's what's going to get you on a car that's coming out in the first few years is the depreciation cost not to mention all that maintenance costs, right? So this essentially that's what car dealerships are doing. They're not losing money So I, I want to clear this up with group visors that are thinking well Why would a car dealership lease out vehicles to hire car to for that for hire car to run out to gig workers? Well, it makes total sense because they're making more money at the end because what's happening is uh, We're paying for all of the depreciation all of the maintenance work or and then and
2: yeah, let me let me add to that. So, there's actually a sort of a myth uh, that miles mean depreciation. Um we hire car has cuz there's when you when you really look at it, the the cost between a car with 20,000 miles on it and 30,000 miles on it is is actually kind of nominal. Um and the the new term we've coined here at higher Cars is miles means money, um, and the reason why that is is because now a driver can take a twenty thousand uh, dollar, a car with twenty thousand miles on it that isn't selling, put it onto the Hire Car platform. And, and just to correct you a little bit, they don't actually lease the car through to Hire Car. Um, hire Car is just the middleman. So the whole transaction happens between the driver and the owner. We provide the insurance for for the drivers, um, but now the driver the dealer can take that car with twenty thousand miles, put it on the hire car platform, rent it out for ten thousand miles, uh, and then take that car and and turn it into a, a CPO if that's something that they do, uh, and that's that's where the real benefit comes in. And so the amount of money that the dealer is earning on on the rental is actually offsetting all of that depreciation. Um, which at the end of the day, what they're going to get for a CPO um, really uh, isn't, isn't much different from what they would have gotten at the 20,000 miles. But now they've been able to actually create another revenue stream for their business by um, putting that extra 10,000 miles on it with a
0: rideshare driver who's renting from Hire Car. So it's a win win situation. You have the dealerships utilizing all of this inventory that otherwise would just be sitting in an empty lot. And the the uh, the lead, so the, the ones that your customers the rideshare or gig mm-hmm. workers that rent from Hire a Car benefit from the no maintenance cost yeah. and the the depreciation that they don't put on their own vehicles because the dealerships would eat that cost exactly and the rich, and it provides
2: um, potentially newer vehicles for the rideshare drivers so we have a lot of dealerships who are putting 2018 2019 and 2020s. On the platform, two mm. days.
0: I, you're telling me I can rent a 2020 for a two day minimum. Yeah, they they go That's, fast though. Just out of curiosity, what kind of makes and models do we <laughs> have on the platform? You just want to fill out a sign up form right now, or? <laughs> <So> <laughs> I'm asking. I'm asking. No.
3: Uh,
1: yeah, plug I mean, it. all of the um, the vehicles on our platform. Or we have a pretty wide variety, but we encourage um you know the owners and the dealers to list those vehicles that are in high demand from drivers, obviously the ones that are you know great on gas, have space for luggage. I'm sure you guys know all you know valid points around the vehicles that drivers, you know, like driving the most. Mm-hmm. Um so, you know, they they uh do provide us with some great quality cars, uh the newer models and drivers love it.
2: Yeah, and for for a long time the Prius has been the most popular car on our platform. Mm. Uh just for obviously for gas mileage reasons. Um but as as we start to see food and package delivery become a much more viable option for a lot of rideshare uh, drivers to switch to, um, you start to see some slightly bigger vehicles um, hit the platform and become a little bit more popular.
3: What's popular
2: right now What uh, we make making model? <laughs> the Prius right now, still number one. Um, and actually, the, the Hyundai Sonata, which is... The Hyundais? Yeah, because it... They're, they got a little bit more trunk space.
3: Yeah, those are pretty uh. big. And then are pretty we, big. Saw, um, we see a lot of minivans, actually, as well. There's Some minivans get some pretty decent mileage. There's a couple of them out there. Well, I would yeah. never drive a minivan around. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> you don't want it bad enough. Per, uh, personal preference. <laughs> that actually brings up like a pretty interesting question, because uh, obviously the shift in terms of more drivers doing delivery has been driven by, you know, COVID-19. How have you seen, um, you know, drivers reacting to, to the coronavirus situation?
2: Yeah, so it's it was, I think, initially um, tough for a lot of people. Those mm-hmm. who are hardcore, full-time gig economy workers adapted very easily um, and they knew, all right, I need to switch to delivery right now and I'll do Postmates. Um, what we've seen, though, is um, a lot of people, one, uh, there's a notion out there that you just can't make as much doing delivery as you can for rideshare, uh, And that may have been true um, pre-COVID, but uh, there's an interesting statistic that came out is one third of all Americans during COVID-19 ordered delivery for the first time, and um, like grocery delivery, food delivery, whatever it may be. So it's the industry. It just boomed. And what we're seeing is drivers making that switch. were making anywhere from 700 to a thousand dollars a week. Um, and at first we thought like, wow, that's crazy. Uh, and so we just kept talking to drivers and talking to more drivers and they continually kept validating that that statistic. Um, and so now you saw this giant flood of people switching from rideshare to delivery. Um, and we had our owners on the platform encouraging that, um, and then our internal team as well, helping drivers make that switch comfortably. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of people, and like you guys said, got stuck at the beginning uh, because th- places like Postmates, DoorDash, Grubhub, they got so many people, they started wait-listing. Yeah. More and more people trying to switch over to Instacart, um, but with Instacart, um, people we heard around around the street that uh, doing your first deliveries on Instacart is actually a little difficult if you're not um, very savvy with e- where everything is placed in the grocery store and finding substitutions and things like that. Um, and so we, we provided a lot of encouragement and resources to our drivers to to help them as much as possible, uh, trying to figure out how to how to navigate that switch. And, and everybody adopted very well. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people are going to be sticking with delivery uh, post-COVID.
3: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you see demand. Uh, you know, I, I, with COVID, I think you saw demand shift pretty significantly away from mm-hmm. mostly Rideshare into – um, either food delivery or grocery delivery, um, and now you're seeing. I think, uh, you know, we did a study in terms of, and we found similar, you know, uh, amount of people del- doing food delivery. Um, our study actually showed that people are are going to continue to do that. You know, they're not going to definitely from a a, a grocery delivery. I, that the, I don't think that's going to stop. Our studies don't show that. Um, from a food delivery standpoint, I think you're still going to see some pretty sustained demand there. But you're also seeing rideshare demand starting to come back as well. Um, mm-hmm. So you're seeing, like, demand from, from, like, the gay economy really kind of all around now um, starting, to, starting to pick up pretty significantly. So interesting to see.
0: Going along with that, do you have any tips and tricks for some gridwisers who might be thinking about delivery or who already are doing delivery?
1: Uh, Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess to kind of touch on um, what you guys were were just talking about actually is, um, you know, definitely want to try and sign up for as many of the platforms as you can. Um, Because if a situation comes out of nowhere, you know, like COVID and you, um, you know, only are signed up with Uber or Lyft, uh, we had drivers that were telling us that they couldn't actually get signed up and approved for services like Instacart or Postmates or DoorDash around, you know, different cities across the U.S. So that obviously, you know, put a halt on the earnings for maybe, you know, a couple days or a week because they weren't actually uh, allowed to get approved. So we definitely recommend getting um, signed up and approved for as many platforms as you can, even if you don't need it, because you never know what will happen and you always want to be prepared.
2: Yeah, and the, I think one of the biggest things, too, is um, focusing on customer service. So making sure, uh, double checking orders, making sure everything's within the um, within the order, uh, and communicate with, with the other person on the end um, who's receiving the delivery. One of the one of the interesting things we heard, uh, we recently interviewed um, a longtime DoorDash driver. Uh, he's done like six to ten thousand deliveries uh, with DoorDash, and um, one of the one of the things he said to look out for is uh, tip baiting. Right now, that's an interesting thing happening, uh, where where customers will put a, an absurd tip uh, in order to get their delivery as fast as possible, and then later change change that tip. So keep an eye out for that because um, that could be really demoralizing to see a twenty dollar tip, and the next thing you know, you get stiffed.
3: Yeah, Instacart in general, they've got uh, they got uh, they've got some work to do with their. Some of, some of their systems, because what's also going around is like the bots just kind of stealing all the all the good trips and things like that. So uh, yeah, they've got a couple of uh, funny issues Instacart does that they need to work on. That's, those are some great tips. I can imagine the
0: fix for that on their side would just to be, just charge everything up front. So if you mean to do a $20 tip, you get charged. Why doesn't,
3: uh, you don't see that problem with like DoorDash, like tip, tip baiting. You know, it's like this. It's like the same. It's like you the know, same. It's the same thing. I think. Right?
0: I think it has something to do with groceries. I feel like some people view some supermarkets as just so terribly inefficient that they would never take that trip. Or depending on the order size, like you get like a a four truckload order to, to do the grocery shopping. So then you have to tip, bait
3: or not? You don't have to tip. Bait. Uh, yeah. You have to
0: tip to get someone at Instacart. Well, to that.
3: yeah, and I guess sorry, go ahead. I guess there's like the variable
1: with uh, with Instacart as opposed to DoorDash. With the grocery stores, I guess there's always the chance that you're not going to be able to find the item that the person wants or maybe like the specific brand or quantity and that might have something to do with, you know, getting tipped the amount that you were promised. I don't know. That's just an idea that came to mind. But...
0: Yeah. No, totally valid. Like if if you're Instacarter and you see an order for, I don't know, 50 crates of muscle milk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like would you pick that order up i i, w- I, I would, would need to see the like a person on 100 the cartons of, that of eggs
3: yeah that's a horrible order 100 cartons of eggs <laughs> 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 on sale. you're on sale. Just set up for, for disaster yeah, <laughs> yeah. you're as yeah. for trouble i i would also think that instacart instacart was probably was like way more unprepared for like the surge in demand than i think uh uh, a lot of the other services were as well. Cause like, like an Instacart, you know, you, that's a more time consuming trip, right? Like that's going to take right. you like at least like an hour, hour and a half. Whereas a lot of Postmates drivers can just like bang, 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 bang. So like you are going to need more Instacarters than you need Postmates. And they were probably just like ill prepared. So I could see that the demand factor also coming into play.
2: Oh, completely. Um, another thing too, and, and not to really be a, Kind of a suck up here, but <laughs> uh, no. But really, using a thing like Gridwise is is an awesome way to really maximize your earnings and and fully understand uh, how much you're you're making at the end of the day.
3: Yeah,
0: totally agree. It's always always good practice to do that. Yeah,
3: you got to know. You got to know what you're earning. You got to know what services are 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 is where you're earning. So, and that's again, that's key for now. Going to be key going forward.
0: All right. Anything else we missed? I don't think so.
3: That was great. Thanks, guys.
0: Once again, this is Jay. And Brandon. And thanks so much to higher Car, Nate and Reese. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having us. Thanks, for thanks having guys. Us. And we'll see you on the next podcast. Take care.